Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show covering all the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation, including a lot of PlayStation news that's actually happened this past week, but of course, we're going to be here to talk about the newest and latest state of play, the first multi-game state of play of 2022. Uh, But before we get into that, I'm joined so far this week by Mark Medina. This is this is weird. I went from hosting Podcast Beyond to not being on the show to being the only one here. Like I don't understand what's happening, but I, I'm actually going to leave right now, so I you can I'm, just handle it all yourself guess, solo. I guess I'm happy to be here. Hey, everybody, it's me. I'm the I'm the cast. <laughs> well, it's it, it is a long tradition of Beyond throughout the generations of you know some two person fireside chats, uh, quieter oh. episodes, and you know. Cool. Uh, I think we'll we'll have a fun time, though. Of course, we may have a surprise uh, return of another guest at some point during the the course of the show. We'll see what happens. Let's um, get, let's get deep. But yeah, let's let's get into it. I think, of course, the first thing that we're going to get really deep and introspective on, of course, is this week's state of play. Uh, we're recording this literally half hour after the show aired. Most likely you at home probably watched it or read tweets or <laughs> blog posts or something about it. Uh, so we're going to dig into some of the biggest news out of that show uh and you know i can go through i think the list of things but let's start off with i i i think for at least both of us i could be wrong mark but i think for both of us potentially the coolest announcement of the show which is an actual playstation first party announcement which we don't tend to get a lot of these at state of plays we usually get those at playstation showcases uh yeah but here we got returnal we got a returnal 3.0 update coming What is the exact release date? I'll find it, it here. It's soon. It's like post. March 22nd or something like that. It's 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 coming up. It's I was surprised at how how uh, how like how soon it's coming. Yeah, it's coming soon and I'm going to find the date so I don't feel like a total idiot. But it's <laughs> it's essentially going to be in uh, two major aspects of, of this uh, new update, which, by the way, it's going to be free. Obviously, the game's still PS5 mm-hmm. exclusive, so PS4 players won't be able to dig into it. Um, but for PS5 players, this is a free update uh, that will include one campaign co-op. So, obviously, initially, I'm reading off the blog post, which was written by Harry Kruger, the game director over at Housemark, mm-hmm. uh, who I've spoken to a few times when the game was in development and was awesome uh he says while returnal was designed as a focused solitary experience the hostile forces of atropos can often feel overwhelming and leave us yearning for companionship with our new two-player co-op online mode players can now combine their forces and brave the challenge of atropos together uh so this will be essentially uh you'll access it from uh near the crash landing site via a portal or in other select parts of the game so i'm assuming you know at each sort of like intro of an of a new area right right uh, yeah you'll have the option to either host or join a public cycle so i guess people can just put their games out there in public um you can also choose to host a private cycle with a friend once a collection is a connection is established a Celine from another timeline will join your session and your shared journey will begin uh the game works similarly but if you get too far apart you'll be tethered back together to ensure that the focus remains on cooperative gameplay and both players feel connected to the fates of each other if one of the players is downed uh there is still hope the other one has the option to revive them uh but this will require some time investment so that might not be the best thing to do in the heat of battle right okay yeah i mean this seems like kind of obvious for this kind of game like you know it it isn't like an arcade shooter so the whole like drop in or or help somebody out like completely makes sense and someone goes down so then you revive them like yeah like this totally is in line with this style of game i'm a little surprised they don't 
you don't really see a big update like this, right? Like, obviously not a ton of content as far as I'm aware, but as far as like the co-op goes, that's that's something that it's it it changes a lot. It, it's yeah. I assume it's going to make the game a little bit easier for people who've struggled with it. And so it's 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 definitely a surprise. Like when I yeah. saw her reach down and you see the other one, I was like, whoa, it's co-op. Like, what the heck? Like, that's super, super interesting to see, uh, especially a, a, over a year after or maybe just under a year. Uh, yeah. After release. Yeah, just yeah, just about a year. And it's really cool to see that it's uh, I found the date March 22nd. So already in that busy week of Ghostwire and Tiny Tina's Wonderland and a couple days after Stranger of Paradise, you'll have this update to deal with as well. Uh, yeah. But it should be a lot of fun. Uh, it also includes something called the Tower of Sisyphus, which, uh, you know, pretty pertinent for a game like this where you're dying and, and restarting the journey over and over. Uh, this will be sort of as you might guess from the title itself, but this procedurally generated biomes of Atropos mm-hmm. offer a deep and intricate challenge with our ascension update we wanted to offer new content and also a new way to engage uh true to our arcade roots the tower of sisyphus is effectively our endless mode players will strive to ascend the tower as high as possible however much like the tragic story of sisyphus there is no end to the climb and players are tragically destined to meet their demise as the mode gets increasingly harder uh one great yeah, one great motivator for pushing forward is accomplishment. Each phase in the tower will culminate with an encounter with Algos, which will also get increasingly harder as you advance through the mode. Unlike the comp- campaign uh, in the tower, players will also have a score to chase. You can track your progress and highest score on a leaderboard and compete against your friends and foes for the highest rank. Uh, you will also have a score multiplier, so keeping this up and increasing it will be the key to getting high scores, uh, and it will deplete if you get hit or if you don't deal damage for a while. Hmm. Uh, the tower is intended to be Returnal distilled into an arcade action experience where the emphasis is on survival skill and focus progression. Uh, Our new boss and some new items to discover will be in there. There's also entirely new narrative content to be explored in the tower, Hmm. uh, which I won't spoil. The players will get another small glimpse into Selene's haunting past and gain further insight into her state of mind, which I I think that's a really cool addition as well. Yeah, Um, that makes a lot of sense, right? Like I said, almost a year after launch, people have finish the game but they want to keep playing it and so you're kind of just doing you know the levels over and over again if, if you're still hungry to play more returnal and now it's giving people for one a chance to try out new levels that's meant to be replayed over and over they get some new lore they get some new loot but then i think the most interesting is like the challenge the the leaderboard of it all being like i got to this floor and i got i think uh, i think that's really interesting and i think it's gonna it, it definitely like compels me to come back and and try to see how far I can get. I can imagine I'll get to like room three before I'll die. But, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe it's easier than I think. I mean, you're a longtime fan of uh, Housemark as well mm-hmm. as I am, and are all their arcade games. So for me, yeah, like it's it's really exciting to hear them be like, "Hey, we tried to do something outside of our arcade roots, and it was really successful." But we know our arcade roots, and so we're really putting in a mode here that essentially is that down to its core. And so yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I like you do not know how far I will get because God can return. I'll get real hard, but Mm -hmm. uh, this should, this should be a really fun addition for people who loved that game. Like I think it's safe to say the two of us did. I do. Yeah. I like that game a lot and I'm, I'm interested to try co-op now because I, I did beat it, but it's, it, you know, I wouldn't say I did super well. It's just one of those like skinnier <laughs> teeth type of things. So it's like I'd love to jump in with somebody else and just like go through. And it sounds like they're managing it exactly how it I, how I would expect, which is like you can't get too far apart. Like you can't yeah. leave the host. You you are somewhat tethered. But like, why would you want to play it any other way 
anyways, right? You'd want exactly. To, the whole point is you go into a room and then monsters spawn and then you fight those monsters together. Yeah, that's actually really exciting. And uh, yeah, just in case March wasn't busy enough, I'm interested I know. to <laughs> to jump back into Returnal and see see all the new stuff it has. It's 2021 all over again, and then all of 2022 also in front mm-hmm. of us. Uh, but yeah, that was, I think, the biggest PlayStation, you know, that was the only PlayStation Studios-specific announcement. Uh, everything else, as they said before the show, we we didn't record since the announcement because the announcement was only yesterday, but they mentioned before the show, you know, to set expectations, it would be focused majority on uh, Japan publishers and, and the publishing partners that Sony most often works with from Japan, uh, as well as a few other updates from around the world. No hardware, no no PSVR 2, and as we both said, and we'll, we'll, I think, maybe talk a little bit more broadly, but state of plays have not really been the place for PlayStation first-party games, so Returnal being there at all was a surprise for me, and uh, the yeah. rest of it... Like, the only time you expect to see, like, first-party stuff there is when they say, like, the Ghost of Tsushima state of play or the Horizon Forbidden West. Like, those are still technically labeled state of plays, but I... If we want to get into, like, overall thoughts on the state of play, I thought it was fine. I think sometimes people get a little, you know, they get inside their own heads about what this could be. But you have to kind of, like, read between the the leaves here when they say, like, yeah, no first party. It's going to be focused on Japanese developers. So you're going to expect to see a lot of Japanese games here, right? Returnal, obviously not a Japanese game, but they did say from around the globe. But also, like, I think a big telling is that they announced this yesterday, right? If it was going to be this huge, we're going to show God of War and and all this insane stuff like it would have given you a little bit more heads heads up, like not saying that they just sent this out to die. But like (laughs) you should be able to temper your own expectations by looking at what it is and all the info you have available. Yeah, we um we actually put up today before the state of play, and I definitely recommend you go check it out because I, perhaps some others out there like me really like sort of the history of these things and looking at them. We uh, a freelancer of ours, Jordan Serrani, put together essentially a look back at a, of every state of play and PlayStation showcase, including those single game showcases, and he looked at not only sort of the the time in between those uh, shows and and sort of got an idea of the cadence there, but also what was shown at most of these shows. And and there are definitely, you know, outside of those single game showcases, there are ones where there have been first party games, but primarily we're looking at PlayStation console exclusives from third parties and then multi-platform games. Um, mm-hmm. And they may not be the ones that you always want to see. Obviously, it seems like they save the biggest of the big for the showcases. I think a lot of people were hoping when they said Japanese publishers, we get Final Fantasy 16. We got a lot of Square Enix, but not Final Fantasy 16. And I think that's something you'll probably see at a showcase, not necessarily a state of play. Right. Yeah. No, I was definitely I I wasn't surprised to see like first spoken there. And I'm sure we'll get to some of this stuff a little bit later, but it's like the the other two final fantasy games they showed i was like mm, okay i don't i don't know if those are for me those aren't even final fantasy or not sorry <laughs> just, not final fantasy but yeah no, Square Enix. yeah <laughs> um but then but then the first spoken also was just kind of like this is just them kind of reaffirming that like because they just recently delayed the game like a day or two ago and so this is them being like hey so like we're working on the game but like they made a big show to show that like and this is our new release date, October. It's like they kind of want a trailer yeah. out there showing the new release date. Um, 
So yeah, I thought it was a fine showcase, but uh, yeah, we can I, continue. What what other games were there? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I totally think you're right on that case. Yeah, as we, we were, we have in the run of show, you know, to talk about the Forspoken delay, but I think it makes sense to talk here with that new trailer. I It's one of those things where I think they didn't want the focus of the state of play trailer to be the new delayed release date. And so that right. let them put that out ahead of time. I remember at one point, and, and we can get into this later, but obviously any show like this brings the cr- just ridiculous rumor mill and, you know, mm-hmm. out of the woodworks and everything goes crazy. I remember there was one or two state of plays where people are like, oh, and they're going to announce the delay of this game there as like one of the big pieces of news. And it's like they don't put these showcases on to deliver bad news. No, <laughs> they want you to be no. hyped. And so a delay isn't something people ever want to have to, you know, tell people because they know they're excited for it. But so I think, yeah, that was sort of the the goal there. And so Forspoken got a new trailer, as you said, and uh, it's largely a, a look at some of the combat, a little bit of traversal. Uh, you and I were talking before the show kind of of like the big concern for me that I think still exists with this trailer is will it be fun to navigate around this world because it looks like a large world, but not necessarily a populated world. Uh, and there were yeah. a couple there were a couple hints here at some traversal stuff like we saw her uh, the main character sort of like surfing along the water mm-hmm. at points using her magic. She gets picked up by this dragon at the beginning, and I don't know if that means you'll be able to fast travel by dragon. And I hope it does. But um, other than that, yeah, yeah. It, like, you, it, you ride the dragon, but that's how you ride it. You ride in its hand in its claw. <laughs> yeah, which is a very like D&D way to travel with a character, basically. But like, I don't know. It it still looks really cool. I think this showed off the the sort of multiplicity of spells she has going on, which is really cool. And the combat looks flashy and fun. And I'm excited for those battles. I just am still like, what is it going to be like to play five hours of this game? Or, you know, what's a chunk of this game look like? Yeah, it's definitely something I I would love to. I think a lot of people would love to play because it it does. It looks super cool, and and you know, there's your surfboard that does look awesome. But yeah, at the same time, Final Fantasy 15's combat wasn't for everybody, and this doesn't look like the, this. Definitely looks more action than Final Fantasy 15's, which was a little bit more like hold the button while they do things on screen type of deal. Um, but at the same time. Yeah, it's it's something I feel like I have to just play because it, it, we've we've also been shown this game so many times now. Right. Like this is this is one of many, many gameplay trailers we've already seen. So, uh, yeah, it makes sense that this was here. They they announced the delay a few days ago, like I just said, and then they they need to get a new piece of media out there that shows the new release date. That way, you know, every time you look up for spoken, you're not seeing old stuff. So that makes sense that they're like, OK, we delayed it, but we're going to cobble together a bit of gameplay to show people that we're we're still hard at work. But uh, I from the last I had heard from the like hands off previews that the game was looking a little rough. So I'm not surprised to see it delayed. And uh, I'm. I'm interested to see how it, how the, this extra time is going to shape out for them. Me too. It's I, a very, as you said, like a very cool looking game, but a game I think at this point I just want to play. I imagine we will get one more beat of it at a, if not a state of play, in probably August or September, probably something over the summer at a Square Enix like what would have been E3 adjacent uh, presentation. We will probably be talking about Forspoken once or twice before then but i'm just excited for october to play it and we'll we'll talk about october in a little bit because it's it's getting a little busier Mm -hmm. but uh in addition to that as we said square enix was the biggest player probably at this showcase uh the show ended on two brand new 
uh, square JRPGs, one being a strategy RPG and then another, uh, I think, in a long running franchise. So the first was a new strategy RPG called the I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's either the Diafield or the Diafield Chronicle, which is mm-hmm. just a just a Square Enix name. That's uh, definitely if, it's definitely something. Yeah. Yep. It's Square Enix naming as I know and love it as a long-standing Kingdom Hearts fan. I'm I'm used to wacky titles. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a strategy RPG of warring factions in kingdoms. I thought at first it was like here are the three kingdoms. I thought it was going to be a triangle strategy port. <laughs> and then they showed that it was not the 2D HD art style. And I was like, oh, but I, I like that art style more. Um, I'm I'm someone who dabbles occasionally in strategy RPGs. I find them to be interesting. And I know Square has a long lineage of them. People obviously have continued to hope for, you know, Final Fantasy tactics to come back. But this looks cool. I, you know, it, we'll see how it plays. We'll see how the systems all work together. I thought it was a cool looking strategy game. But I, you know, it, I hope it's a fun one is basically where I landed. Yeah, the 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 kind of like difference of graphics where it's like this like asymmetrical and then it's like but then the cutscenes are super pretty and um yeah, no, I I think it looks I think it looks cool. I I do love this idea that Square is is uh re- they're making every tactics game except for Final Fantasy Tactics. So that's fun yeah. cuz like Triangle Strategy just came out and now we have this and so that's cool. I mean, but you know it's just a name if these games are good which people are loving triangle strategy and and this game looks cool yeah cool awesome fans of that genre are going to have more to play and and i'm like you i am a fan of that genre um every so often one will get its hooks in me and uh, exactly yeah so uh yeah i'll give it a go We'll see what happens. But yeah, it's uh, hopefully a fun one. Like uh, Mark said, we'll know more when we get to play it. I don't know if they announced it a specific date. I think they just said later this year uh, coming to both PS4 and PS5 on that one. Uh, And like you said, the different art styles looks interesting. I'll be curious to see how that plays in full. But the other game that was announced, it was the final announcement of the show was Valkyrie Elysium, also coming to PS4 and PS5 in 2022. Uh, This is the newest entry in the Valkyrie profile series, which hasn't seen a home console entry since 2006 with Valkyria Mm. Profile 2 on the PS2. So we got a a quick look at gameplay. Uh, I don't know this series at all. I will totally admit, like back in the PS2 days, Kingdom Hearts was my gateway into JRPGs. And so I really did not know pretty much anything else in the the genre at the time, like not even Final Fantasy. So for me, Valkyrie Profile is totally outside my purview. Um, I, I don't know how fans feel about it. I didn't love the cell shading like style of the art in here it felt like it was not well meshed with the more realistic elements of the art style mm-hmm. um but other than that like it looks like a square enix third person action game with some cool magic yeah the combat you know? <laughs> the combat looks cool and uh yeah it's definitely it's definitely something it's definitely uh yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not sure like if there is a huge fan base for stuff like this i'm i'm sure there entirely is uh i've never met anybody but um <laughs> you know there's there's definitely you know it says valkyrie valkyrie profiles is that like the same as fuck valkyrie chronicles i don't know I don't valkyria know chronicle no i believe those like, are two different okay uh, see, so uh, i, I am like completely out of my wheelhouse when it comes to like this specific thing is like i i'm i'm not very familiar at all like it looks cool that's great. Um, 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I understand your confusion. Valkyria Chronicles is from Sega, I believe. Sega or Atlas. I forget which technically has the rights to it. But yeah, that's Sega. Valkyrie Profile is here. Uh, friend of the show, or at least friend of mine, uh, Scott White, said uh, he, he tweeted uh, excitement about seeing a new Valkyrie Profile game. So there are JRPG fans who are excited yeah. for it. Well, I just I, don't I'm know like, it. I'm like you. Like Back in the PS1, PS2 era days, I... Uh, I, I was very into Final Fantasy. I'm still very into Final Fantasy. I was I was very into Kingdom Hearts back then. Uh, I don't like Kingdom Hearts anymore um, because I think that series is absolutely ridiculous now. Get out of but, here! <laughs> I'm sorry. How but, dare uh, you say a thing um, many people say? I, I'm I'm only saying it because I know that uh, that I'm on a podcast with Jonathan Dornbush. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, I I was very into them back in the day, but. Um, the the I also loved like Xenogears back in the day and stuff like that, but it's this is a little bit out of my wheelhouse as I as I kind of uh, got older and and had less time for these like eighty <laughs> hour like I look at a lot of those games like the Allier series and stuff like that and I'm like man it's it seems like something young Mark would really really love but old Mark yeah. just can't get into there's something I wanted to mention though um yes. a lot of these games are coming in 2023. But, and they also say they're but a lot of them are saying that they're coming to PS4 and I'm well, so those, those two are 2022 actually oh, okay I thought you said the last yeah. one was 2023 no no apologies both of those are 2020 there are there is a one or two 2023 games in here though it just um, uh, the vibe I'm getting just because I was I was talking yesterday and I was like man I cannot believe that we are in March of 2022 and, and this console right here came out in November of 2020 and you still cannot find them. And so it is it is not surprising at all to see them still pushing PS4 games yeah. into this year, into next year. Like that console is going to be around a lot longer than previous gen consoles stuck around. Um, oh, yeah, it it is going to be the strangest transition for like we are probably going to get to the halfway point almost of the console generation before it's a relatively mm-hmm. accessible console, I would assume, which is just wild, but we're, yeah. we're only a couple years from then. Like that would be 2024 ish. So yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I can, I completely keep forgetting that like people are playing Elden ring on PS4. Like I'm, yeah. I'm forgetting. I keep forgetting that that's a thing. I know that's like a privileged thing, but I'm forgetting that like horizon and then, and then God of war, who knows when that's coming out. Also a yeah. PS4 game. That's wild to me. It's yeah, I'm just I'm just going off on a weird tangent because no, go for it's it. Blowing my mind how much that, uh, how much that console is going to stick around. That's what these two handers of a show are for They're I was going <laughs> to say one on ones, but that makes it sound like they're a performance review job like interview thing. So you should have worn my tie. Exactly. Um, just to quickly roll through the rest of the show, because I don't think anything else like particularly stuck out for either you and me. Um, mm-hmm. But the show opened up with Exoprimal, which is out in 2023, which is essentially cool, futuristic exosuits fighting dinosaurs falling from the sky. Everyone thought this was Dino Crisis and that it wasn't Dino Crisis and I, it's not Dino Crisis. But it seemed to be an homage somewhat in the trailer I've been reading. There were some sort of specific homages to Dino Crisis. Um, I, but yeah, I thought at first when it was showing like all the space stuff i was like wait is this pragmata like is this what pragmata is going to end up looking like because it's like you know all we saw was like the little girl and then the guy in the space suit and so i'm like but it's very very 
typical for it to be like this super like moody thing and then it's like actually it's a co-op action game blah 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 and you're like oh that's not and so that's what i thought this was i was like oh yeah are they, are they showing pragmata it was not which <laughs> not which yet. which i i'm not saying this um, that girl right there looks ripped right from dino crisis <laughs> but uh, um I'm very excited for Pragmata, and I, I hope it. I hope it meets. I hope it's expectations cool. when it yeah. when it does get re-revealed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've been seeing this one compared to essentially Anthem meets. It did like look a, like, a Muso. It did yeah. look like Anthem. It did. It's it's Capcom, so like I'm I they can be hit or miss with with games of this type, but I'm I totally am willing to give it a try. I think it is very uh-huh. goofy of us to be in tech suits fighting hordes of dinosaurs. That is funny and wacky, and it's like, I'm it's like down to most- give it a try. It's like the most Capcom sentence I've ever heard in my life. So yeah, yeah, let's you're do right. It. Uh, anyway, oh, that, guy on... was, that guy was getting wrecked. Okay, that's, there you go. <laughs> this game looks cool. <laughs> it's a fun trailer. You should definitely go watch it if, if anyone missed it. Uh, from there, it was surprise, surprise. Ghostwire and Stranger of Paradise were shown very briefly because they're just about to come out. Um, yeah, th- those were a big. Those were our big things. We thought we, it was going to be all just those, and then maybe <laughs> because of sort of sprinkled in. Yeah, which I'm glad it was the reverse. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it was it was cool to see them. It was like, hey, these are out. Stranger of Paradise demo out right now, which I've never played that game, so I might check. Was that a public demo? It's a public demo, and it lets you carry your progress to the full game, which is hey, what dem- so final demo should do. I'll finally get to see if I like this game. But yeah, uh, I thought those were cool. Uh, Ghostwire is, is uh, nothing we haven't seen before. Cool. Exactly. Game looks, it was the- game looks cool. It was the hype launch trailer. Uh, Gundam Evolution with uh, is a free to play FPS coming to PS5 and PS4 this year. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Kawabunga Collection was a, I think a twelve game collection of classic Ninja Turtle games. Apologies if you could hear thirteen classic arcade and console games. So, TMNT fans, uh, former IGN employee Brandon Hunt, uh, probably are very excited. I played a couple at the arcade that was on my boardwalk when I used to live on Long Island. And that is my TMNT gaming experience. But I hope for TMNT fans who are looking forward to Shredder's Revenge, this is a nice extra hit of nostalgia for them. Sure. Um, yeah, I've played on. a lot of Turtles oh, in good. Time on Super Nintendo, but that's that's the only one I've played of, of any of these. That's the one that the name I hear the most, but I've never played it. Um, Gigabash, a multiplayer monster mayhem game coming to PS5 and PS4 this year. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Stars Battle R launches this fall. Uh, Trek to Yomi, uh, an upcoming indie game. We got a new cool black and white sort of trailer introducing the cast there. And that is pretty much it for the state of play. Um, we, I don't think we need to belabor any of those other ones that we kind of have brushed through. I thought the Trek to Yomi trailer looked very cool. Yeah, um, is that Devolver? They are publishing it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, think I wasn't. I wasn't sure. I saw some hype about uh, people on uh, Twitter were talking about Devolver. You know, and I, I was like, wait, what was there that was Devolver? But I, I assume it's this. Yeah, it's from or, them. Yeah, Devolver published. So no, totally. It, it's being published by them, and I forget the exact developer. I believe it's Flying Wild Hog, which uh, just did Shadow oh. Warrior Three. So yeah, oh, we'll see. Cool. All right. Looked cool, but yeah. Moving on from there, I think general like state of play impression again it is one of those things where i i think they have continued to get better and better about setting expectations i think the only thing they could do at this point which i don't think they should do would be to literally be like don't expect god of war or any new games from these 12 studios or any new game like that is the only thing i think they could do to make people happy with these and that's just not a tenable table setting sort of that you can do because then it totally saps the point out of being ooh, what could appear at the show 
Um, yeah, they have to walk this line of like trying to excite people, but it's like, yeah, you don't you don't want to just be like, hey, the state of play is coming. But by the way, there's nothing cool at it. And, he, you know, like that's like a really weird way. And and I'm not saying that that's what happened with this state. Of play. Sure. There was yeah. obviously a lot of cool stuff at this one. But it's like if you're looking for, you know, four specific things, it it it, it doesn't do them any favors to be like, here's the state of play. And exactly like you're saying, and then go through and list all the things that are not going to be there. I think exactly. you need to just everybody just needs to go into these with with lower expectations and you'll come out either not disappointed because your expectations were low. I'm <laughs> very excited. <laughs> yeah, I think the especially the thing with these is my my biggest thing that I think they can do is just get a little bit better. And obviously there are, uh, you know, legal agreements and contract work and all those negotiations mm-hmm. that go into it. So it's a little bit out of, you know, probably some people's hands who who plan these things. But I really do think they need to figure out what the the way to end a showcase is, because I let the PlayStation showcases are a different beast. They do have the big reveals. That is where we get the biggest of the big state of plays have just been functionally smaller over the last few years. There are occasionally big things. Final Fantasy seven remake got re-revealed at a state of play. Um, you'll get cool stuff like Iron Man VR, even though it, it came out to sort of mixed release. That was a new reveal at the first state of play. You'll get things like that. You'll get some cool trailers, but you can't really go into these as much as they are a PlayStation state of play expecting PlayStation games there like this is not this is never going to be the show where ghost of tsushima 2 is going to be revealed ghost of tsushima 2 is going to be revealed at a showcase or at a big event or a thing like that that they i think they have come to the decision that state of plays are a multiplayer third part or multi-platform excuse me third party showcase opportunity for them Mm -hmm. um and I think setting the expectation that it was focused on Japanese publishers for the most part, I also think was a good way to sort of set those expectations um, that you aren't expecting. Huh? What, you know, wild and crazy deals with EA or Ubisoft or, you yeah. know, what Activision haha, could they be working on games with? You know, I think they set the expectations. Well, a lot of the replies I got were that like man still a little bit disappointed or i'm a jrpg fan so this was a good show for me i'll try i'll try to pull out a few specific ones but i think that's just like my biggest takeaway but mark i don't know for you if there's any sort of like lingering general state of play feelings you have that we didn't cover no like when i look at this and i think like the thing that i was most excited for right the the thing i was most surprised for was like uh was probably the returnal multiplayer right and so in my in my head i think okay if they wanted to do a like one more thing or you know just just a just to have a, a more powerful closer i i think to myself like why didn't they close on the returnal thing right basically right. See, like it's done and they'll be like oh by the way returnal is getting an update and it's got co-op and that's super exciting i feel like that leaves people with this like better impression they said this was focused on Japanese developers, right? So they're going to end with two games that are really, really going to excite uh, fans of Japanese games, right? So it's like, to me, I'm like, oh, it it kind of ended kind of weird. But at the same time, it probably ended incredible for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I I think like yeah like to your point of a show promised to be about Japanese games ending on two brand new Square Enix RPGs even if they are not Final Fantasy is yeah. probably the biggest deal of the show from that thing but I I agree with you like 
I think if you ended each of these state of plays with one announcement from a first party, like just have that be the final thing as the way to end these shows, Mm -hmm. I think it would leave people on a better note. I think you would almost like guarantee the PlayStation hype around it. I think it would come off better for fans, even if there were things in the middle of it that they didn't love. Like that's that's most of the time what happens with directs. And I think that's why people love Nintendo Direct so well is that even in a week one, chances are the final announcement is like a really big Nintendo game that you care about. Right. Um, you know, that doesn't always happen, but that's most of the time to, to their credit. They kept it to 20 minutes. And I will tell you like that flew by, like I I was, I was doing a lot of work during. So like maybe I, I, the work I do during conferences like this, I'm kind of like, and and this is the work most of IGN employees do is like, you want them to slow it down. Like when, when they are like, we're going to deep dive into this. You're just like, Oh, thank God, please give us like a few minutes to like rest here. Um, they did not do that with this, even with Ghostwire and with Strangers of Paradise. Like they crammed a lot of things in this 20 minutes. I I looked and it was like 217. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this thing's like almost over. Like, wow. Um, so I, I to their credit, if if you found nothing of interest, you only lost 20 minutes of your time. <laughs> so, exactly. Well, and short. Well, and speaking of losing 20 minutes, we didn't lose 20 minutes, but someone wasn't with us for those first 20 minutes. And now they're here with us finally to return to the show. Jada Griffin, welcome back. Hello, hello. She's not speaking. I'm not speaking yet. I'm not speaking. Jada's in the chat, but she'll eventually speak. Hopefully she's probably just having (laughs) mic issues. Anyway, Jada Griffin is about to join us and we'll get her final thoughts about the show in just a sec. But yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Mark. A lot of the responses that I saw were, you know, Diafield Chronicles looks cool from uh, Matthew Taylor. Uh, Jordan said didn't watch it. And from seeing the reactions, I am glad I skipped it. I do want the Turtles collection, though. Uh, Dylan, solid showing, but ending felt anticlimactic. Tempered expectations going in. Returnal update was the highlight for me. Kevin Diaz, nothing else matters. matters. Returnal got co-op in survival mode. Yeah. Uh, Bridget said, loved it. It's really nice to see Japanese tiles get the focus and much of it. Uh, and much of it was right up my alley. Uh, Big Ben, that could have been an email. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, we kind of said that at the beginning, right? It's like, uh, this very well could have been a blog post and I think it would have been fine. Um well, yeah, it's I, been a while since we've gotten a state of play. The last state of play was was the Gran Turismo Seven One, and so it's been a while since we've gotten a little bit of, of these. And and I, I think there's some sort of like uh, theatrics and and like hype building to having a state of play in a Nintendo Direct every so often, right? Like just yeah. blog posts are. It's days like today that kind of brings everybody together and gets us really excited. And it's like, okay, this was cool. Now I'm like really excited for summer because that's when the, like, you know, the E3 conference is going to happen. Hi Jada. Um, so, like, uh, I, I think that there is a little bit of science of like, Hey, this isn't going to be the most exciting state of play, but at the same time, like we have to do one, like, because we can't just go six months. Jada, you're muted by the way. What? Can you hear me now? Well, yes. I can hear you now. Yeah, we can hear you. You can now. hear me now. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I'm eating good after this state of play. Um, okay. The the TMNT collection has me major hype. Uh, I'm super hyped for the JoJo fighter. Uh, I love JoJo. It's my number one anime. So I am super hyped to see all 50 characters that they've managed to get in here. I honestly couldn't name 50 JoJo characters, even though it's my favorite anime, um, because they're just so outlandish and their names are so crazy. Um, that I would forget. Like, there's one that's named Whole Horse, 
and that's like it's totally great <laughs> that's my um, favorite <laughs> sure. uh, but i'm totally i'm super excited for this uh, i saw it looks like it's being i'm not sure if it's developed or published by bandai namco um but they've got a good pedigree for fighters so i've got some i've got um i'm very optimistic about how this one looks like it's going to turn out looks like it's a tag fighter two on two maybe um and so and i love tag fighters so you know Give me Tekken Tag Tournament to all day. Tekken Tag 1, Tekken Tag 2. Give me those every day of the week. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. I love that. I will get on the sticks and uh, send people home crying. So I am hyped for this one. Um, Definitely marketing me. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's who I was talking about. Um, <laughs> specifically. No, uh, the Returnal update looks super cool. I'm really hyped for the, the co-op and the Endless Dungeon uh, Tower type thing like that's gonna be cool i can't wait to try and set some leaderboards on that um and i still need to i was gonna just say i still need to catch up to you on that platinum so this will be a good excuse to go back exactly and i can help you exactly oh look at that now (laughs) it all works out yeah Yeah. it all works out that's what that's what that's what dornbush was waiting on he was waiting for co-op to get added so that i could help him yeah, smart, uh, smart. <laughs> very smart. Why, why find it yourself when you can have somebody else find it for you? Exactly. You know I mean? That's that's what I do with food mm-hmm. most days. I have, I don't, <laughs> I just have Yusuf bring me food. That's what like, DoorDash is for. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> that's what Postmates. That's what that's for. I have other people bring me food. I mean, I cook, but oh, it's always better. It's always it's better fun. when other people. It always tastes better yeah. when somebody else cooks it. It's just True. something about food. Yeah. It just, it, it just has that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna reiterate that there there is a known thing that most people don't enjoy their own cooking, right? Even mm. like professional mm-hmm. chefs don't like their own cooking. Like that's not like a weird thing. And I I agree. Like it, it, I don't know. There's something about someone else just making it that just mm-hmm. makes it better. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm yeah gonna, I'm gonna agree with you on that one there. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think. The, yeah, we should just turn this into a food podcast is what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm uh, down. <laughs> yeah, well, so Jada, before you arrived, we were kind of saying the same thing. It's kind of been a it's kind of been a downer pocket. No, it hasn't been. But like we were saying the same thing, like the state of play, like wasn't bad. But no. like you you just had to be a fan of the games that were there. And yep. and it seems like you were. Yeah, yeah no, uh, like the deal filled Chronicles looks pretty cool. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. I was like. I was like, is this going to be like the graphic wise? I was like, is this kind of matches Tactics Ogre from the PSP, mm-hmm. even though I believe that was Atlas developed, if I remember correctly. I was like, maybe Square did some type of partnership licensing deal. I was like, this would be really cool. Awesome title to bring back. Uh, Valkyrie Elysium totally threw me because I forgot about the Valkyrie Profile series. I love Valkyrie <laughs> Profile. But as soon as I, I, I was, oh, nice. I was, I was like, I was like, okay, this looks okay. But then they said Ragnarok, and I'm like, I am so over Ragnarok. Like, yay, another game about Ragnarok. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm super hyped for God of War this year, but like, that's like the end of the Ragnarok train for me. I'm just, I'm done yeah. with, the, with the Assassin's with Creed DLC. Stuff. I think came out today. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching that. It's I, a, I haven't finished the full regular Valhalla, and I like. I just no, nobody has nobody on earth <laughs> exactly has that game. So except for there was I'm trying to remember who in our comments somebody in our comments section actually on YouTube said they got the platinum uh, they said it was like oh, 210 nice. hours or something like that oh man they're, they're, um, they're, I, I, and I they are dedicated I don't like to, 
I don't like to call our comment section liars, but they're they're lying. They're lying. They're no one's <laughs> that's no one's it, it, in that time you could play the first like four Assassin's Creed games anyway. <laughs> oh, for um, sure. 100%. But I just want to. I just if there is anybody out there that is excited, I have actually been playing a lot of Dawn of Ragnarok, and uh, I like it quite a bit. I, it's it been looks... fun because I like Valhalla, but like it is so big, and this is a just bite-sized 20-hour Assassin's Creed game with its own map, its own story. I'm actually liking it quite a bit. <laughs> I think I honestly I like it sounds great. I'm just playing way too much other stuff right now too. Oh my gosh, there's so Want many. To. It's it's my it's my I'm sick of dying in Elden Ring. Elden Ring, so I'm going to give this <laughs> game and just like destroy some enemies. That's a good it's call. Your, it's yeah. your palate cleanser. Palate cleansers 100%. are a, are a necessity when you're playing a Souls game. Like you just yeah. need something to uh you know take the take the edge off and just relax oh, yeah. and just yeah. dominate on the NPCs. Uh I was I was trying to do that with Horizon um mm. <laughs> between my Elden Ring sessions, but playing on very hard and getting yeah. a thunder getting a thunder <laughs> and like, a I'm getting a thunder trade, trade one headache for another. <laughs> it's just like uh like I I got my platinum finally um this mm-hmm. week and nice. uh it's just one of those things where I'm like I'm fighting this apex thunder jaw and a tremor tusk at the same time. Kill the tremor tusk, get the apex thunder jaw to one hit and then something happens and I die. Like it hits me with a weird attack and it's a one shot kill and I'm just like cool that was 20 minutes just down the drain. Why am no. I playing this? <laughs> yeah, why, why is that what you chose after? Why Elder? is this? Yeah. Why is this my palate cleanser? Um, exactly. But um, just to just to bring it full circle and then we can touch on a few other things like to your point Jade, of, of this being a show that really worked for you. I think like um, we, we were talking a little bit about expectations and how Sony, I think, has been setting better expectations for things as they've got along, because I think from minute one, the first ever state of play, people were pissed at because it was mostly about PSVR and they didn't say that beforehand. And so ever since then, they've tried to be a little bit better about that. I think going for these more specialized state of plays is probably not the worst way to go because it will keep expectations in check. Um, So like saying, hey, we're focusing on Japanese developers this week or, you know, the next one, hey, it's going to be all PSVR 2 games. So if you're not a VR fan, don't come to this one basically i think like helps create more of a purpose for these because they like they've just never been able to do the hype of a direct with these the showcases is a different thing the playstation showcases do hit that but these are just not at those hype levels for direct in a broad way and so i think going specific may be the way to go it it, again won't mean everyone gets everything from every showcase but they just can't be that yeah. 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 I, th- I think one of the biggest issues it, with these as far as like tempering expectations is there is a big group of like the 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 they lie people where you're like it'll be like, hey, they said that they're not going to like if Sony was like state of play tomorrow, we are not going to talk about anything first party. We're, we're telling you right now. People would be like, hmm. I don't know. I do us guys. So yeah, nothing can temper their expectations. Like they said, no PSVR to the Japanese. And they said, but uh, Japanese publishers, but then also like maybe a sprinkle in the sprinkle in was the TMNT and the Returnal, like, right. But for the most part, Japanese developers. And then most people are like, mm, but also maybe they're going to announce God of War Ragnarok's release date. 
they lie sometimes. And I'm like, okay, well, then there's nothing that can be done for you. <laughs> it's, I mean, for the last few, Mark and I were talking about this before the show, Jada, but like for months there have been, because there hasn't been that state of play, there have been the like, oh, Sly Cooper and Infamous are coming back. Oh, this mm-hmm. this February, now this March showcase is going to be the biggest one yet. Oh, there's going to be a Hogwarts Legacy trailer and a Final Fantasy 16 trailer and God of War and all these things. And PlayStation never said a word of that. But occasionally a leaker will get a thing right and then everyone hangs on every word. And like, I cannot emphasize enough, even when leakers get stuff right, like a lot of them are just throwing things at the wall. Like, oh, they literally are throwing the entire plate (laughs) of spaghetti at the wall and grabbing the one noodle that That stayed. Yeah. And they look like an oracle. (laughs) And and it's like there are people who have sources. Absolutely. And there are you will see journalists at places like Bloomberg and at IGN and people like that who have sources uh, to dig into these things. And it's not to say those other people don't have some sources, but they're they're not always saying everything from a 100 percent like triple checked place, it seems. And so like it's. It's just one of those things where it's like, I I hate seeing people because I get asked about these all the time. And it's like, just because someone said it on a Twitter thread, don't don't let it make you think that's what the next showcase is going to be, because you're just always going to be disappointed chasing that high. (laughs) Just just remember, anytime you see this is for everybody on the Internet. If you see a rumor like this for something that doesn't have any type of resources, just, you know, Thumbs up that little Elden Ring message that says liar ahead that somebody puts on the Twitter <laughs> thread ahead of it. Just like just like just take that kind of that lesson out of Elden Ring and apply it to your Twitter thread. Like there's a good chance that, you know, that this message telling you to jump off this cliff is probably not going to be the best outlook for you <laughs> in Elden Ring. Um, and the liar ahead messages help. So and I'm not calling these people who are predicting things or doing their best guesses liars i'm just making a joke with elden ring context stuff because no i totally. love elden there, ring um there are genuinely yeah. people who have who have leaked things correctly and yep. have gotten that stuff it absolutely does happen but it, and even if some of these leaks are true for the future it's just one of those things where i see so many people build up their expectations and like not to protect the corporation it's like playstation is going to be fine whether or not people got mad that a game wasn't here but it's it's the dev teams that i think about in those cases where it's like maybe they are working on that game but they can't say anything for potentially months if not a year and then the internet is just getting mad at the company they work for because they haven't told them about the game someone on twitter told them exists and it's it's so such a bummer for those people who are working on that stuff and it's Mm. you know it, it it doesn't create any good hype cycle for anyone it just creates disappointment for everyone so just so the, yeah the, I mean, ahead, the lesson the lesson to take away here is just be kind to our developers they are creating magic in the form of video games mm-hmm. that we get to play like yeah. this it is magic for all the things that they do to make these things work there's so much time and work and so many people that go into it that you don't even get to hear about you know you hear about the creative directors you hear about the writers you hear about the level designers and vo actors sometimes most time, vo actors a lot but level designers not so much um, unless there's something really crazy like the Dishonored 2, like rotating house level, which was amazing. Um, but you don't you know, you don't hear about all these other people that are doing like the marketing and the PR side and things that are in there helping making and project managers making this stuff. So be kind to our devs. They they put so much time and work. A lot of our them are crunching sometimes. And that's not fair. Like the last thing they need is any hostility from us, their fans that just want to enjoy the game and they just want to put something out that. They think we're going to like. That's all they want to do. Yeah, it's uh, 
a strange time for showcases like that. I think, Jada, you, you put it excellently, and it's one of those, you know, we will get big announcements when they happen, but... Mm-hmm. I think there were still a lot of cool things here to be excited about. If you are a JRPG or, you know, a general fan of those Japanese publishers, and if you're not, hopefully the next showcase works for you as well. Because um, there will be I another. Did, I did predict more. I did predict Ghostwire and Strangers of Paradise be in there. Yeah. So I got two things right. <laughs> uh, but those were those were like gimmies. Like I was like, there's no, no way they don't it's, show a trailer for these. Rest assured, if there is a state of play happening within two weeks of big games coming out on PlayStation, they'll probably be at the state of play. Um, In fact, it was surprising not to see Wonderland there. But anyway, uh, moving on from there, definitely write in to beyond at IGN.com or, you know, leave comments on this uh, week's episode of the show on IGN or YouTube uh, with your thoughts on the state of play. And we will hopefully be able to read some out next week. Uh, But just to quickly run through the news, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Forspoken is now coming out in October. Gotham Knights is also, it got a release date, not at the state of play, but uh, outside of it, that's coming October 25th. So October is starting to pile up. We'll probably get a couple other game announcements for then as well. But uh, yeah, that month is starting to take shape. That is uh, two open world games toward the end of the year now that we'll have to look forward to. Uh, Should be a lot of fun. But speaking of open world games as well, for those who are looking forward to buying GTA 5 another time, don't you worry you can it's time very soon uh march 15th gta 5 and gta online are coming to next gen consoles uh and if you're looking for it ps5 is it seems to be the best place to get them uh and we were all we were all joking before the show but mark this is obviously an incredibly complex and complicated way to buy gta 5 so do you want to break it down for the people at home it's a weird thing uh first off now i i do believe rockstar is mostly working on this one um not to say that the devs for the trilogy are un uncapable of making a game but like they have not shown gameplay of gta 5 on ps5 so like maybe don't buy it until you've actually seen gameplay of it like i'm just i'm just gonna throw that out there like they have not shown anything other than just like slickly cut together trailers but yeah the game comes out tuesday and uh so if you have playstation 5 if you'll remember the big PlayStation 5 showcase started with Grand Theft Auto 5. So that means there's a marketing deal here. Uh, And so the way it works is uh, for the first three months, you can get GTA online for free. And that's just one of those like claiming things. Once you claim it, you have it forever as long as you have PlayStation Plus. So just go in and claim it just in case you ever think you'll ever want to play GTA online. Just Uh, like the Ghost of Tsushima trials, like the the Ghost of Tsushima legends, basically. Just yep. grab it. You have three months to grab it, so just grab it. And then also, uh, and then the game itself is seventy five percent off for the first three months, so it's ten dollars. Which three is months or three like, weeks? Three months. Three months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's, and, and that's like the thing that I'm like I wouldn't be too too worried only because it's like when the GTA trilogy came out, it was sixty dollars, right? And you're spending sixty dollars mm-hmm. on something that's like potentially not really working. This is ten dollars when it comes out, and GTA Online is free. So you know, and then on Xbox, it's it's the same deal, three months, but it's only fifty percent off and no free online. So it's twenty dollars. Uh, for the first three months and that's just the product of marketing deals yeah as you said playstation paid to make it cheaper on their platform yeah but it's it works out for playstation players if you're excited for gta 5 again um it is probably (laughs) the best deal to be able to get right now it's um yeah i think like if you're you know gta 5 will probably be on sale again at some point because it always is but if you're thinking of picking it up and you have a ps5 just probably go in for these first three months because you will save a lot of money in the long run 
Yeah, I feel like that's honestly the cheapest the game's ever been. Like, because I think even like today, trying to find GTA Five on like PS4 is probably you know it's the best. 20? It's tops charts every single month, right? So it's like mm-hmm. not tops them, but it's like it's up there, right? So it's like the game has never needed to be super cheap for it to sell. So $10 is honestly probably the cheapest the game's ever been, unless you found it in like a GameStop used bargain bin or something. Yeah. I think I, I've seen it regularly for like 20 bucks. So yeah, is, 20 cents. Right. A good deal. Yeah. It, uh, so that's out there. That's coming March 15th, I believe. So if you're looking yeah. for yet another open world game to play right now, there you go. You get GTA five for the third time. Um, Other than that, on the PlayStation News front, moving over to the movie and TV side of things, it is worth mentioning that uh, according to Deadline, uh, Amazon Prime Video is in talks with PlayStation to adapt God of War as a live action TV series. Uh, It would come from the Expanse creators and executive producers, as well as a producer from The Wheel of Time. Uh, Apparently, those Expanse creative uh, creators and executive producers also were involved in Children of Men, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. So that is good news to me. Uh, If this happens, it would be sort of a continuing expansion of PlayStation TV shows. We've got Twisted Metal right now set at Peacock with Anthony Mackie, and then The Last of Us, of course, at HBO. Uh, that seems to be the, the most upcoming one. Twisted Metal, we don't have a date or time or anything on, and God of War, I imagine, would take some time as well. And then, of course, we just got the Uncharted movie and the upcoming Ghost of Tsushima movie as well in the works. So continuing to get bigger and bigger there. Uh, Jada, just to throw quickly to you, would you are you excited for a God of War TV show? Do you feel like it's redundant? How do you How do you feel? Uh, it's going to be, did they say if they're doing Norse or Greek mythology yet? I believe they said they were looking at adapting the 2018 game. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. I I just, I'm going to watch it because I'm a big fan of God of War. But like I said earlier in the show, I am so just over Norse stuff right now. I'm just burnt out on it. I, I love Norse mythology. I'm just so burnt out. We've got like two different Vikings shows that are going on. There's the Northman movie that's coming out in theaters really soon with like with with it has like Willem Dafoe, I think. Uh, there's just so much Norse stuff right now. I, I swear it's like game developers and movie like producers and stuff like that. Like there's like somebody creates an asset pack for like, hey, there's a new zombie asset pack and everybody yep. makes zombie games. And it's like, hey, there's a new asset pack for Norse stuff where we're creating assets around everything in Norse mythology. And everybody's like, oh, we're going to do all do Norse mythology now. And it's just like, I just I would like them to all just like kind of take turns. Like <laughs> how, how how great would it be if it was like, hey, you know, God of War is doing Norse mythology right now. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. Borderlands is doing zombies now instead. And Call of Duty is doing something D&D like it's just kind of rotates and stuff like that. Like and I know I have those like backwards, whatever. But you get my point. And what I'm trying to say is that, like, I just don't I'm tired of seeing like Assassin's Creed and God of War doing Norse. And uh, Hellblade is also like Norse, if I remember correctly. Mm, yeah, um, it's kind of like that Viking aesthetic. Yeah. yeah and I just I just want to see. I want to see more variety more versatility in the industry please please and i'm not saying stop working on what you're working on keep doing what you're doing <laughs> game developers keep that hustle on i'm excited to play your games i just want a little bit of variety that's all 
Yeah, well, it, it, it certainly it, comes in waves. Is yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and if ahead. you guys are are wondering, I am in talks to to play the lead uh, as Kratos. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of have a choice to make, like stay on Podcast Beyond or or be the lead of the God of War show. So yeah. I'm mulling my options right now. If well, if, you, if, if, if you, you if you get that role, can I be Mimir? And I I'll, I'll, I'll literally I'll ask. It. Yeah, carry you around up my <laughs> carry your head around. I just want to I just want to sass Mark like twenty four seven. That would like literally be the greatest thing. Well, ever. and then Dornbush can be my son, and then we're Perfect. done. <laughs> I love the idea that casting works that way, where it's like they hire Kratos, and it's like, who do you want on the show now? And it's like, like who yeah, do I get you to want? I'm like, oh guys, I got I got a whole list. It's well, you know, whatever they offer to pay you will go up by at least two million per episode. So just know that that's that's the offer on tap. It's a little less than I'm making now, but well, you know, in this economy, maybe we'll take it. <laughs> hey, you know what? These days, uh, anyway. There you go. God of War TV show potentially happening. We'll see uh, in the future. It wasn't officially announced or anything uh, and, and plans can change, but we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, just to wrap up on some other larger brewing issues with PlayStation that I felt were definitely worth mentioning this week. Uh, we got the latest step and I'm going to make sure I have our full uh, news story about this. So forgive me for a second, but we got the latest step from Axios, I would believe was the last ones to report this of a lawsuit uh, against PlayStation for uh I'm going to get the exact wording so that I don't mess any of this up because it is a serious topic. Uh, PlayStation. Oh, God, no, that's the other story. Why are there too many stories about PlayStation doing things right now in the news? God, <laughs> there's a lot of PlayStation stuff. Anyway, there has been a lawsuit uh, against PlayStation alleging sexism. Uh, it originally was filed with one person, but eight more women have come forward and, and added their stories and voices to this. Uh, the reporting first came from Axios uh, and the... The accounts are essentially of sexist treatment throughout uh, PlayStation in various departments, and they, they are all sort of coming together under a class action lawsuit against PlayStation. Uh, these new declarations add uh, former PlayStation employees, as well as, I believe, one current PlayStation uh, employee. The sort of general takeaway from this, as Axios wrote, is that the women describe a range of behaviors across multiple U.S.-based PlayStation offices, including demeaning comments, unwelcome advances, a lack of attention paid to their work or ideas, and most frequently, a sense that it was harder for women to be promoted in the company. Uh, and there are, you know, several examples throughout the report and both in the, in the filing of this, uh, things such as, you know, during one session for where the company widely looked at people uh, being considered for senior roles, it was four women being considered for promotion versus 70 men. Uh, and that's sort of mm. just one of the examples in the lawsuit. Um, PlayStation, I don't believe, had responded to this current uh, entry into the lawsuit, but we'll likely see more from the story over the next few months. And, you know, we've we've covered before on the show, obviously, the harassment and and uh, sexism allegations against companies like Ubisoft and, and Activision. And I think seeing this happen at PlayStation is, again, yet another signifier that this is this is a problem that exists. I think it's fair to say not just industry wide, but worldwide. Like this is the reality oh, yeah. of the systems that are in place that, the, you know, you will probably find it almost any company, especially major big companies like this mm-hmm. problems like this. And there needs to be major systemic change to prevent this from happening. And I'm, I am so incredibly as I was with those past cases, continue to be in awe at the, at the bravery of these bravery of these women coming forward to talk about these things and, and knowing what it could mean for them and their careers and, and them willing to stand up and, and mention these things. And, and as I mm-hmm. think I've said with every story, 
believe these women, believe their stories, listen to what they are saying, because these are problems that are not just PlayStation specific. These are not just things happening at a single gaming company. These are things that are part of the foundation of the way our culture currently exists and acts. And those those need to change. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This Uh, is this. Like you said, you know, this isn't just a game industry problem. This is something you look at companies across the world and the nation and stuff like that. There's these types of issues exist everywhere. Um, it's just, and they've existed for a long time. This is it. These aren't new things. These are things. It's just that now in 2022 and the past five, 10 years, it is much easier to document and spotlight and actually make, uh, make some moves in against these types of behaviors to help, help not like just, you know, the idea is that we're not trying to I'm speaking as a woman in the industry and, and from I've worked for like 12 different companies over my career. Like this isn't us trying to take jobs from men or anything like that. It's just women wanting to have equal be considered equally when it comes for opportunity for growth. I've been passed over many times in other roles. I've had other times where I have gotten promoted. So like it's not I, I don't think that like all of my situations where I got passed over is like, Oh, it was sexist, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there was a couple. There was probably a couple of them there were, but <laughs> it is what it is. I moved on because I felt my value somewhere else. Um, but I was fortunate and privileged enough to be able to do something like that. Not all of these women that are in these types of situations have the opportunity to take their skills and go to another company or another industry or change that life situations. Life is messy. You can't always just uproot and quit your job because somebody, you know, made a advance towards you and you weren't you weren't and nothing was done about it. Like you can't just always pack up and just go. Um, and but the thing is, now it's a lot harder, I would say, to get blacklisted in the industry and various companies than it was back in the day. And back in the day, I'm talking the last 20, 30, 40 years um, It was very hard for women. You know, I have a lot of relatives that lost jobs and stuff like that because they spoke up and mm-hmm. they they ended up losing their their job or they just got you know dead end got put in a dead end for their career and couldn't do anything until they left so um what i'm saying like jonathan said listen to these people take it with it uh and then you know have an open mind when you read these these allegations and such i'm not saying everything that they're saying is truthful or false or anything like that I'm telling you, I'm not telling you to go in like that. I'm telling you to go in just with an open mind and hear what they have to say and potentially consider an alternate point of view is based is what I, is how I always approach these types of situations. Yeah. And I yeah, well personally said. and professionally recommend everybody else to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Well said on that. And yeah, that is uh, obviously we'll continue to see as this lawsuit plays out. We'll be sure to mention any sort of major movements or, or settlements or anything like that that happens here. But um, yeah, as we said earlier, uh, can only continue to hope that we see change, but it is it is thanks to people like this who are, who are coming forward and sharing their stories that change will be able to happen. And as Jada said, others considering those other you know perspectives and helping to make that change happen so yeah we'll continue to cover that story as it happens but mm-hmm. uh moving on from there also just to mention uh as many game 
companies sort of have been making decisions about what to do in the, uh, you know, as the continuing ongoing invasion into Ukraine by Russia has been has continued to go on and, and the Ukrainian people have been so affected. Uh, Sony announced, you know, as as many companies have been certain actions that they're taking and uh, recently today released a statement that Sony Interactive Entertainment joins the global community in calling for peace in Ukraine. We have suspended all software and hardware shipments, the launch of Gran Turismo 7 and operations of the PlayStation Store in Russia. To support humanitarian aid, Sony Group Corporation announced a U.S. $2 million donation to the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees and the International NGO, Save the Children, to support the victims of this tragedy. Uh, and, you know, you can see, I would I would point to the work that our news team and, and our um, community teams, I, I think Jada included, I imagine you have probably been involved in some of these talks. If you want to see ways to help and support Ukrainians, we have those resources on IGN that you can go look for. And if you also want to see a wider perspective of what the entire gaming industry is doing in the wake of this um these horrific events that are happening to the ukrainian people you can go see that on ign we have a roundup of i think what everyone's statements have been their actions have been what their plans have been as well as you know ways to go help and donate and and support those people who are really going through a time of crisis Mm -hmm. um so yeah we'll uh continue to see how other companies react to that stuff. But again, go check out all of those resources for in the minute news of it on IGN.com. Uh, but I think that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode of podcast beyond uh, Jada, since you joined late and I know you, you ran through in a quick hype of all the things you were most excited for anything else that stood out that I didn't give you a chance to say about the state of play that you wanted to. No, I'm just really excited to play that strangers of paradise demo. Um, I really like the last one. So let's see how the third demo goes. Me yep. too. I, I have not played the game at all, so I'm interested. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's like Dark Souls-y, right? It's so it is a little bit from the demo I played. So the difference is, is it's probably one of the easier Souls light games to get into because you don't oh, lose okay. money or you don't lose money or currency when you die. You just lose your mana. So you start out with two bars of mana and you can maximize but I, but it. I up. need mana. You do need mana. You can max it up. You can get up to six bars by uh, doing like perfect parries and stuff like that. Um, and uh, other other ways to do it. Um, but it if you die, but sticking, if you die, I'm sticking with Elden Ring, <laughs> if you die, you drop back down to two. But if you get back to your blood stain, you can you get to regain some of your mana back. So, um, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to jump in. I've, I've yet to play it. I know the game's like, what? It's almost out, right? The 18th, uh, yeah. 18th if I remember it. Yeah, it's the 18th. So, yeah. And this new demo carries over your progress. And you know what? There's three of us on the show and it has three player co-op, I believe. So perhaps we can jump in sometimes. Let's do it. But anyway, that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode. Mark and Jada, in the midst of the episode, thank you both for joining me so much. For this week's episode, uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm at JM Dormush. Mark is at Mark underscore Medina and Jada's at Jada underscore Rena. Thank you both for being on the show. Thank you to Red, our producer, for making the show happen. And thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you're doing well. We hope you're staying safe. And as always, beyond. Beyond. Beyond.